Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to KFI AM640, Wake Up Call, with me, Amy King, on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Wednesday, February 21st. I'm Amy King on this wet and soggy day. Driving in today, I will tell you, yesterday we talked about this, not so bad. Today is another story. So uh, if you're on the roads this morning, wow, be careful because driving in today, just along the five, there was lots of standing water. And it might be because there haven't been that many people on the road yet, but lots of standing water. And I felt a lot of little potholes, too. I'm worried. They were small, thank goodness, but they were new ones because I was driving yesterday and didn't feel them. I did, but it was bump, 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 bump. And then, Tony, you were driving in on the 210 and uh, you were white knuckling it, huh? Oh, on the five, on the five. Oh, you were on the five. And just, boom, 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 boom. yeah, it was just, woo. just every time you hit that, that, you hear that noise, you know, right? When, you know, when, oh, I'm just in water right now. <laughs> yeah, there's no traction there. So, yeah, I was going about 45 miles an hour and not a lot of people passing me, but a couple. So just be extra careful. I know that the the band that came through uh, earlier, I don't know if it's going to continue, although we are supposed to still have some heavy rain. Man, it felt like somebody just opened the water spigot and it was just dumping down. It was crazy. And then it would stop. And it was, I was like, oh, sounds like somebody turned the water off. I mean, yeah. So anyway, we got more, we got some rain uh, continuing for a little while, but it's supposed to clear out by later today. And then guess what? We're going to see some sunshine. So there was another debate uh, debate last night, the U.S. Uh, Senate debate for the uh, seat that was held by Dianne Feinstein for years and years and years. Um, it was the final debate before the March 5th election. And uh, as I've told you before, I'm kind of obsessed with these things. I'm really interested to watch them. I like to see what the candidates think, if you can, if they can get their thoughts out. Um, this one was not, to me, any more exciting than the other two. I still think... That Steve Garvey, he's the Republican in the race, and then the Democrats are Adam Schiff and Katie Porter and um, and Barbara Lee. I think that Steve Garvey kind of comes across as the grown-up in the room. He's calm and he's thoughtful, but then he also comes across as like, dude, spit your thoughts out. Because he's obviously not a professional debater, and I think he takes a little time 
like I'm doing right now, takes too much time to spit his thoughts out. Adam Schiff was pretty calm until he brings up Donald Trump's name and then he just loses it. It's almost comical to watch. He just loses his mind when he starts talking about Donald Trump. And I will say the one thing I will say is I think that the moderators did a pretty good job of keeping control of the debate. But when they say, talk about climate change, you have 30 seconds. That's not enough, which, again, is why I think they need to come up with a new way to debate, because I want to hear more in depth about what they have to say. Again, 30 seconds to cure or to to fix climate change just doesn't cut it. Here's what's ahead on Wake Up Call. The storm moving through Southern California has dumped four inches of rain on Los Angeles. That's the most we've seen in one day in 20 years. The heavy rain should taper off later today, but snow still expected in the mountains as the storm moves east. Israeli strikes across Gaza have killed at least 67 Palestinians overnight, including in areas where civilians were told to seek refuge. Doctors Without Borders says... Two more people were killed when a shelter housing staff in the Gaza Strip was hit. We're going to be finding out the latest from Gaza when we talk with ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem in just a couple of minutes. The Biden administration has announced over a billion dollars of student loan debt forgiveness, about 153,000 borrowers in the Saving on a Valuable Education or SAVE program, who've made at least 10 years of payments are going to be getting an email from the president today. The Biden administration has now approved loan relief for nearly 3.9 million Americans. At 6.05, it's handle on the news. Residents in Rancho Palos Verdes say they need help as the land underneath them continues to shift. Let's start with some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The storm moving through Southern California, as I mentioned, has dumped four inches of rain in L.A. in a single day. That's the most single-day rain total we've seen in over 20 years. NBC meteorologist Angie Lastman says it's almost over. We're going to eventually, as the day goes on, see that rain for Southern California, even Central California, taper off. We will still see some of these scattered showers across portions of the northwestern United States, but that system will kick out to the Rockies, and that's where we'll see some additional snow through the day today. The flash flood warning that has been issued in L.A. goes through 9 o'clock this morning. Rancho Palos Verdes is asking Governor Newsom to declare a state of emergency because of worsening land movement. L.A. County Supervisor Janice Hahn says the land has been shifting for decades and the city needs its own state of emergency. The storm makes it worse. We're all on pins and needles every time we see the rain. But this is bigger than that. And what's happening uh, in Rancho Palos Verdes is bigger than the city. It's bigger than the county. The request to submit a letter to Newsom was unanimously approved at last night's council meeting. The city will also ask Newsom to request federal aid from President Biden. An L.A. City firefighter hurt in a truck explosion in Wilmington is alert and talking. The 37-year-old is a nine-year veteran of L.A. Fire and was one of nine firefighters hurt last week when a truck that runs on compressed natural gas exploded. He's the only one still in the hospital. Officials say he was removed from a ventilator yesterday. He's been moved from the ICU to a regular burn unit. Let's good say uh, say good morning to, oh, we don't have Nick, so no Nick. So we're going to go right to ABC's Jordana Miller, who is in Jerusalem. Jordana, we're just getting word that airstrikes overnight killed 67 Palestinians in areas where they'd been told to seek refuge. Well, most of those deaths actually have come from attacks on central Gaza um, and the southern tip of Gaza City, that is northern Gaza. Um, but there were some reported deaths 
in near Mawasi, which is the safest zone. I won't call it a safe zone because it is still, uh, as last night proved, still um, coming under fire, uh, you know, on and off during this war. Uh, you know, Israel moving back to certain parts of the northern Gaza Strip that it claimed was cleared of Hamas fighters, showing that there's still pockets of resistance even in northern Gaza. Um, the rest of the Israeli army is focused. Most of their uh, fighters are in Khan Yunis uh, still. Which is down there, in the south. Destroying tunnels. Down Khan Yunis is in the south, correct. Fighting, uh, you know, fighting Hamas there, looking for Hamas's leader, Sinwar, and that's where Israelis believe the hostages are being held in the tunnels underneath Khan Yunis. Okay. And um, then, Jordana, we also got word that this is just not great news for the Palestinian people by any stretch. The World Food Program says it's pausing deliveries of food in northern Gaza because it's just too chaotic in the area. That's right. The World Food Program essentially says they've suspended their delivery of food to northern Gaza. Remember, this is a part of the Gaza Strip that is very inaccessible already because uh, of the presence of, of Hamas fighters, uh, and it is far from the Rafah border, uh, and it is just simply difficult for aid trucks to make it all the way up there. Uh, this is terrible news, uh, and it comes on the heels of a report by UNICEF that one out of six children in northern Gaza uh, are suffering from acute malnutrition, that the you know, poverty or starvation rate, acute malnutrition rate in northern Gaza is 15%, uh, and down in the south about 5%, where before the war it was only about 1%, to give you an idea of how much uh, it has spiked. So this is raising fears of uh, you know, starvation in northern Gaza. Um, I will say that we are uh, hearing initial reports that Israel is preparing to reopen the Kearney crossing. And where's that? that? Is a northern crossing. It's a northern crossing okay. between Israel and the Gaza Strip, uh, and that would tremendously help. That crossing was an industrial crossing was closed 10 years ago. Oh, okay. So that, so that, that may be, be big news. Yeah. It's just, it's... It's, it's, it's terrible and heartbreaking, yeah. And still you want Hamas yes, out, I mean, but I mean, the I, people the, are just I like know. collateral damage. So, um, the, it's just, Yeah, it's terrifying. Okay, so then let's talk, too, about the U.N. Security Council vote yesterday demanding an immediate ceasefire, and then the that doesn't hold because the U.S. immediately vetoed it. That's right. I mean, everyone expected President Biden to veto this. Um, at the UN, because to call for an immediate ceasefire would essentially leave Hamas in control of the Gaza Strip. They've certainly been hit by this war, but they are still fighting fiercely in the south. They still have six battalions that are intact, and their leaders are alive. They're holding those 132 hostages. So it was clear that the president was going to, you know, to uh, to veto this. The United States is now, and today we're seeing more talks uh, in Cairo pushing for a hostage deal and a temporary ceasefire that would be linked to obviously a release of some of the hostages and a boost in aid to Gaza. So that, instead of going through the UN, 
the president is really working on that track, even though the, U the United States presented another version of that UN but a resolution. But if you look at it, it mirrors the negotiations in the talk. Tomorrow, uh, the president's envoy, Brett McCork, is coming to Jerusalem. You know, God willing, there'll be some progress. Okay. And we'll, we will be watching it. Jordana Miller, thank you so much for the information and the update. Thanks. Talk soon. All right. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. One person has been arrested for a small explosion near a shopping center in Tustin. Police say someone set off an illegal mortar-like firework yesterday in front of the shopping center that produced a loud boom. The bomb squad had to be called in to make sure that the area was safe. One person has been detained. No one was hurt. One teenager has been killed and two others were hurt during a crash involving a stolen car in Encino. LAPD officers say while on patrol, they noticed a car without its lights on southbound on Balboa. And as they tried to pull over the driver, the driver kept going. Moments later, officers say the car turned left onto Ventura Boulevard, struck a light pole and burst into flames. The crash happened just after midnight yesterday and officers were able to rescue the driver and front seat passenger. The passenger in the back seat died on scene. The driver of the car was a 14-year-old girl and the car had been reported stolen by a relative of someone in the car. Steve Gregory, KFI News. Public schools in California would be required to have armed police officers under a new state bill. Under the bill, the state would pay for the officers' salaries. Assemblyman Bill Asaley says California's had 96 school shootings between 2018 and 2023. Police response time can mean the difference between life and death in these tragic situations. Charter schools would also be required to have armed officers under the bill. The bill will need to pass the Education Committee and Appropriations Committee before the full assembly can vote on it. Blake Trolley, KFI News. Two men in Kansas City, Missouri, have been charged with murder for a shooting during the Chiefs' Super Bowl victory parade and rally. Court papers say the men were strangers who pulled out guns last week and started firing within seconds of starting an argument. A woman working as a DJ was killed. About two dozen others were hurt, including the men charged. They are still in the hospital. A six-day search for a missing girl in Texas has come to a tragic end. Polk County Sheriff Byron Lyons says 11-year-old Audrey Cunningham was found dead yesterday in a river not far from her house. The sheriff's office, we will continue to process the evidence that has been gathered to ensure justice for Audrey. Lyons says an arrest warrant is being prepared against a man considered a family friend. The man was the last person to see the girl alive last Thursday and had promised to take her to the school bus stop. The DA says he will be charged with capital murder. U.S. household debt is over $17 trillion. That's according to the Federal Reserve. Interest rates can add up quick, so Iowa State University Extension Financial Counselor Ryan Stewart says shopping around for credit cards is a good idea. Bank credit cards through a local bank or maybe one of the national institutions that you see tend to be a little on the lower side. Stewart says retail credit cards tend to have higher interest rates, sometimes topping 30%. When we come back, why some of your pictures are showing up on other people's cameras and how AI is helping kids learn how to read better. Lots of fun tech stuff coming up with our tech guy, Rich DeMiro. You're listening to Wake Up Call on demand from KFI AM 640. Here's what we're following in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Uh, flood watches and warnings are up as a winter storm continues to dump rain on Southern California. The flood warning is for Malibu, Agora Hills, Woodland Hills, Encino, Beverly Hills, North Hollywood, Hollywood, 
Long list of cities. Universal City, Burbank, Griffith Park, Malibu Creek State Park, Calabasas, Westlake Village, Topanga State Park, Point Doom, Pacific Palisades, Newberry Park, and Brentwood. And uh, that flood warning in effect until 9 this morning. And man, the rain has been coming down hard. 13 pit bulls have been euthanized. The dogs were put down by animal control after a 35-year-old man in Compton was mauled to death by at least five of the dogs last week. Investigators believe the man who was breeding and selling the pit bulls was attacked while he fed them Thursday night. Beatlemania is set to hit theaters in a big way. Sam Mendes will direct four movies, each one focusing on one member of the Fab Four. Mendez says he's honored to be telling the story of the greatest rock band of all time, but you're going to have to wait a while to see them. The films won't be in theaters until 2027. At 6.05, it's Handle on the News. Two people have been charged with murder in the Kansas City Chiefs parade shooting. Let's say good morning to KTLA's tech reporter and the host of Rich on Tech right here on KFI. It's Rich DeMuro. Good morning, Rich. Hey there. Good morning to you, Amy. Okay, uh, so since it's so wet and soggy today, let's let's kick off by talking about the iPhone and what happens if it gets wet and soggy. Yeah, so, you know, for years we've heard that to dry out an iPhone or, a, you know, any smartphone, you would put it in a bed of rice mm-hmm. and it would dry it out over, you know, period of time and it would be fine. But now, according to a new Apple support document, they say do not use rice to dry out the phone. Why? Because rice particles could get into that port and damage it. Ah. So you're probably wondering, what do I do instead? I am. I am wondering, Rich. (laughs) They actually laid out pretty clearly. They say to kind of uh, place the phone uh, against your hand, kind of tap it a little bit to get the excess water out of the bottom port. Then they say to let it dry for at least a half an hour. Plug in the cable. If you get that warning that says it's still wet, take out the cable, leave it to dry for up to an hour, uh, 24 hours. They say do not use like a hair dryer. Do not spray any air into it. Do not use a cotton swab. Uh, basically, just let it dry out. Okay. So um, if it like, and does this apply? Like, can you save your phone if you drop it in the sink? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You know, iPhones and almost every modern smartphone is water resistant. So it's going to be fine. It's just a matter of it's not waterproof. So these are not meant for like underwater cameras. And yes, when they're still when they're wet, they're still electronic. A little bit of moisture could get in there. You just want that moisture to dry out. Sometimes, you know, most of the time it'll be just fine. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I've never had that uh, experience and I'm hoping that I don't. But I know a lot of people, like my nephew who dove into the pool with his iPhone in his pocket, he's experienced it. Yeah, and it it may not dry out immediately. That's the thing. And people try to plug it in and they say, oh, my gosh, it's ruined. But plugging it in could actually, you know, short circuit or ruin it. So you want to make sure that you're letting it dry sufficiently. Okay, so be patient and let nature do its thing. Uh, Tell us about how uh, pictures are showing up on other people's cameras. Yeah, this is a pretty wild breach. Uh, Wise security cameras, very popular uh, startup. They came out with a $20 camera back in like, I don't know, 2019, 2017. And uh, a lot of people like this company because the cameras are inexpensive and they had a lot of great features. But over the weekend, it turns out that they had a security glitch where the cameras went offline. And when they came back online, people, you know, customers opened up their apps and they saw other people's camera footage in there. Like other people. That's weird. Yeah, like thumbnails. It wasn't like you couldn't log in and see someone else, like a live stream of their camera, but the thumbnail would show like someone else's camera view, and then you can click that and maybe get a little tiny preview. So this affected uh, 13,000 customers. 
1,500 customers actually tapped and said, like, wait, what? And tapped and saw a bigger view of the image. Okay. And so that was, a, was it because the glitch in the system or was it a hack or do they know what happened? It was not a hack. So basically the, the system went offline and when it came back online, the software they were using was so flooded with every single user trying to get back online at the same time or all these cameras, you know, connecting to the internet. And so it, it basically misfiled, like it didn't line up the people with their apps properly. And so they said, we are going to fix this. We actually came out with a software update that if this ever happens again, there will be a, you know, it basically can't happen again. That's what they're saying. Okay. And this is for Wise Cameras, which I hadn't heard of before, but it's W-Y-Z-E and they're yeah, like the home security systems. Yep. They're very popular. And, you know, I have a couple of them and I've talked about them for years, but this is, you know, this is like their second or third time they've had a little issue. Now this is a startup. So, you know, you have to understand that. But the reality is you don't want to hear this when it comes to your security cameras. Yeah. it, And I know like it reminds me of the cloud. Like it says, oh, here, back everything up to the cloud. That always makes me nervous because I'm like, I don't want everybody to have all my stuff. Well, the best cloud is always end-to-end -end encrypted. So if you ever see that option, that is the best option because that means that you and only you and only your devices can access the stuff that's on the cloud, even if someone else got a hold of it. Okay. But, you know, it's very complicated and more expensive to do that. And so not every provider offers that and not everyone enables that. Okay, end-to-end -end note to self. If I ever go and put stuff on the cloud. Okay, um, you know, we've talked about AI and... Uh, there are concerns that AI can be bad and maybe lead to the destruction of humanity, but there are some really cool things that AI is doing, and uh, Microsoft has one of them. Yeah, I went over to uh, La Puente, and a uh, school over there was part of a test pilot where they're uh, trying this new Microsoft Reading Coach. And this is a really neat AI tool because, uh, you know, kids need to read better and read more. And so this tool is kind of fun because they choose the character of the story, the setting of the story, and the reading level, and AI generates a, a custom story for them on the fly. It listens to them read that story, and then it grades their proficiency. And so teachers, what used to take a couple of days to listen to every single student and how they're reading, this takes, you know, in real time, you could do a whole class, and it highlights the words that they had trouble with, and it gives you their proficiency. It's completely free, and uh, my kid tried it out last night. It's, it's pretty cool. And it's called Microsoft Reading Coach. Microsoft Reading Coach. I'll put a link on my website, and uh, it's it's free. You just need to log in with a Microsoft account. It is beta, so it's not perfect. Like, not every feature works perfectly. But uh, for a free, you know, way to help your kids read better, especially if they're struggling a little bit, this is a really nice tool. And, of course, I asked Microsoft about the safety, you know, concerns of AI, and they said they did build in a lot of guardrails to make sure it's safe for kids. Okay, so here's my question, because you said your son tried it out. When it is customizing things and then gently guiding when mistakes are made and that kind of stuff, does it talk to your kid? It doesn't talk, but it uh, it just, it, you know, on the screen it'll say, here's the words you had trouble with, and then it will, um, yeah, basically. And then it'll show you your proficiency. It'll show you the words and that kind of stuff. So it does use your microphone to listen to you talking to the app. But it, it doesn't, like, say, no, this is how you pronounce it. Not that I saw, no. So you still need people. Oh, you still, look, you still need people, no yeah. matter what. You, although I will tell you, my, my kid is learning uh, Italian on Duolingo, mm -hmm. and 
I'm very impressed with how much he's learned. And he also, you know, took kindergarten in Zoom and he learned how to read and write. So, you know, look, <laughs> this stuff is pretty wild. These kids are, are learning in ways that we never imagined. I know. And so now when they grow up and they say we, they think they know it all, they probably actually will. Yeah, they probably he actually does like he. he yeah, a lot of you. I call it YouTube University. <laughs> right. This is KTLA's tech reporter, Rich DeMuro. He is the host of Rich on Tech right here on KFI. You can listen to great tech advice from 11 to 2 on Saturdays. You can also follow Rich on Instagram at Rich on Tech and his website, Rich on TV. Thanks so much, Rich. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Amy. All right. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. LAPD Chief Moore says he has concerns about the fatal police shooting downtown of a man holding a plastic fork. Moore told the police commission yesterday he questioned the actions of the officer who fired when the man grabbed another officer's beanbag shotgun. The chief says the officer who fired will probably be identified in the next few days. A business owner near Skid Row had called police saying a man was threatening his employees with a stick or pole. The man's family has hired a lawyer. A $10.3 million grant from FEMA will help prevent sewage from spewing out in southern Orange County during natural disasters. This project will allow us to relocate two miles of sewer lines. Molten Niguel Water District CEO June Kim Lopez says this will improve pipes that were installed in 1980. So that it could be more resilient in an earthquake or in a storm event or even in a wildfire. Congressman Mike Levin says six cities in South OC depend on the Molten Niguel Water District. It carries half of all of the district wastewater from the collection system to the local treatment plant. The project uses a trenchless tunnel technique to minimize impact to the natural environment. In Laguna Hills, Corbin Carson, KFI News. Congressman Daryl Issa is visiting Hakumba uh, today. That's where uh, the number of people crossing the border into San Diego has gone way up. Governor Abbott, simply by making it seem like they were not wanted in Texas, has caused a shift of people coming to Arizona and California because they're welcome here by their governors. ISIS says President Biden has the power to stop much of the illegal immigration at the border through emergency powers and asylum rules that require people to stay in Mexico. He could do remain in Mexico. As a matter of fact, he could say to Mexico, I don't want to offend you, but these people are already in your country and under asylum rules, you get them first. We don't even have to consider them at the border. ISIS says the majority of migrants are still crossing the border illegally. When we come back, Amy's on it. Yep, that's me. It's a, a documentary that I watched a second time after something that happened on the BAFTA Movie Awards. Southland weather from KFI. Heavy rain at times with a chance of thunderstorms this morning. Should clear off this afternoon. Highs in the mid-60s at the beaches, Metro LA and Inland OC. Upper 50s to mid-60s for the valleys and Inland Empire. 40s and 50s in the high desert. Partly cloudy with highs in the 60s to mid-70s tomorrow and Friday. The next chance of rain rolls in Sunday night and Monday. It's 56 in Irvine, 56 in Huntington Beach. You're listening to Wake Up Call on demand from KFI AM 640. It's uh, 535 on your wake-up call. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. We can expect Bill Handel be saying hump day a lot in about a half an hour. I'm Amy King. Here's what we're following in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The storm moving through Southern California has dumped four inches of rain on L.A. in a day. That's the most we've seen in a single day in 20 years. The heavy rain should taper off today. Snow is still expected in the mountains as the storm moves east. Police in Kansas City have charged two people with murder in connection with the deadly shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade and rally. Police identified the person who fired the shot that killed Lisa Lopez Galvin. 
but both men are still facing murder charges. Assemblymember Matt Haney has introduced a bill that would require landlords to accept pets. It's the first legislation of its kind in the U.S. and is intended to keep owners from asking renters about pets and from charging additional deposits and monthly fees known as pet rent. At 6.05, it's handle on the news. A woman from L.A. who's a dual Russian citizen has been detained and charged with treason for allegedly donating to and supporting Ukraine. At 5.50, we're going to tell you about your chance to visit a ghostly retreat that fans of the haunted mansion at Disneyland are going to die for. Amy's on it. What am I on? I'm on streaming shows. There are documentaries. There are TV series. There are movies. There's so much content. How do you know what you should watch? Ask a friend. That's how I figure out what to watch. Usually get recommendations from my friends and family members. Um, And this one I actually had watched before, but I was reminded of it because I didn't tell you guys about it yet. Uh, I was reminded of it when the BAFTA awards were handed out and those are the UK's version of the Oscars and they had Michael J. Fox announce the winner of the best movie. And I thought, you know what? Michael J. Fox. Wow. He was pretty, he's an impressive, impressive person. And uh, they brought him out. He was in a wheelchair. He got up, walked to the podium. And as you know, he has Parkinson's disease. He's raised I think they said a couple billion dollars for Parkinson's research. I mean, he's really taken what he, uh, you know, a nasty, nasty disease and made the best of it and is an amazing, amazing person for what he's done. So there is a documentary called Still. It was released uh, in May of 2023. It's on Apple TV, so you can go stream it. And it's a story of not only his life, before, but his life now as he lives with Parkinson's. And uh, at the very beginning of the show, he's 29 years old. It's in 1990. And he wakes up and he's been out partying. And he said that's the first time he remembers something being wrong. And he woke up with a hangover and had like a twitch on his on his pinky finger. It was moving and he couldn't. He's like, what is that? that? I'm not doing that. And that was the first inkling that something was wrong. Um, maybe a sign from the future for him, for the star of Back to the Future. Uh, so, and then they go and they tell the story of Michael J. Fox growing up and how when he was a little kid, and he was a little kid, and he talks about that, you know, because he's not exactly, he's not exactly tall. Uh, but he he could never be still. He was always going, always going, always going. And he said he was he was the kid who got bullied because he was little and he was the one who got shoved in the lockers, but he also knew that he could run really fast. And so that's how he got away from things. And and then um, he discovered when I, I can't remember if it was in junior high, but he discovered drama class. He said that's where the girls were and that's how he first got interested in acting. And then it talks about how he got to Hollywood and how because he was a little bit older, but he was very he was short and pretty small. He would get cast in these roles playing kids, but he was easier to work with because he was older. So the the casting directors liked him. Um, He 
the 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 show itself is really really interesting because it's got all this music from the period, so it's definitely kind of a throwback piece. Um, lots of flashbacks to his early work, like before you knew who Michael J. Fox was. So that's kind of fun to see. And then of course it talks about Back to the Future and how he got that role. Um, and also he details how he was really the typical starving artist, like had no food, would eat jam that he took from like the Denny's because he didn't have money. Um, and then he was 22 years old when Family Ties came along. And that's when it all kind of started coming together. And um, it's just really, really well done and super interesting and super in, uh, cool to just see his life and how he's dealing with having Parkinson's and how his family is and Tracy Pollan, his wife and his kids and everything. It's called Still. It's on Apple TV. And I highly, highly recommend it. It's really uh, inspirational, heartwarming, heartbreaking, all at the same time and a really good watch. That's Amy's on it for this week. Now let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The rain is on its way out. The National Weather Service's showers should linger this morning, but the storm is moving east. Rainfall this morning is expected to be the highest over L.A. County. We can attest to that. A half inch to one and a half inches is expected for the coast and valleys. One to two inches in the mountains. Two men from Temecula have pleaded guilty to filing thousands of bogus priority mail insurance claims that added up to $2.3 million. U.S. Attorney Spokesman Kieran McAvoy says Anwar and Yousafzai Alam used fake names and 15 post office boxes. One of the brothers wrapped empty packages or packages containing little or no value and then sent them via priority mail to fake recipients at fictitious addresses. McAvoy says the brothers would buy $100 worth of insurance for priority packages they then claimed were lost, damaged, or stolen. The Alam brothers pleaded guilty Friday and faced 20 years in prison when they're sentenced in November. President Biden's in Southern California for more campaign fundraising. He's expected to speak in Culver City today as he wraps up a two-day visit. Biden spoke for 17 minutes last night at a fundraiser in Beverly Hills at the home of Israeli-American media mogul Haim Saban. Hunter Biden has asked a judge in California to drop tax-related charges against him. His lawyers filed a motion yesterday arguing he's been selectively targeted for prosecution. They also claim there were multiple charges for the same tax year and that the statute of limitations has expired. Biden pleaded not guilty last month to the nine charges against him. The L.A. City Council has approved millions of dollars for public toilets in Hollywood. The multi-million dollar project also includes a new visitor's center at 1627 Vine. Councilman Hugo Soto-Martinez said amenities such as bathrooms could better support tourism and development. The city has about 189 public toilets or about five toilets per 100,000 people. And according to the Public Toilet Index, yep, it's a thing, it's not enough toilets for a city that size. Now take, for instance, Madison, Wisconsin, which has 35 toilets per 100,000 people people. Steve Gregory, KFI News. And we're going to talk to somebody who uh, fans of the Haunted Mansion will die for. That's coming up next. You're listening to Wake Up Call on demand from KFI AM 640. Flood watches and warnings are up as a winter storm continues to dump rain on Southern California. The flood warnings are in effect for LA and many of areas of LA until nine this morning. A man's been arrested for allegedly 
setting off a small explosion at a shopping center in Tustin. Authorities say the man set off a homemade mortar-like firework in front of the village at Tustin Legacy Shopping Center yesterday afternoon. No one got hurt. A bomb squad checked everything out to make sure it was safe. Beatlemania is set to hit theaters in a big way. Sam Mendes will direct four movies, each one focusing on one member of the Fab Four. Mendes says he's honored to be telling the story of the greatest rock band of all time, but you're going to have to wait a while to see him. The films won't be in theaters until 2027. We're just minutes away from Handle on the News this morning. 13 dogs have paid the ultimate price for mauling their owner to death in Compton. Right now, let's say good morning to the host of the podcast, Disney Coast to Coast, and the man behind a one-night-only show that uh, Haunted Mansion fans are going to die for. Good morning, Jeff DiPaoli. Good morning. How are you? I am fabulous. Thanks for getting up early this morning. Uh, wanted to share this with people because I think it's just such a fun, 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 fun of event. The Haunted Mansion at Disneyland closed for refurbishment, but this weekend... Fans of the mansion get a chance to see a what you're calling a ghostly retreat inspired by the mansion and implemented by some of the people who bring helped to help to bring it to life. So, Jeff, tell us all about it. Yeah, so the ghostly retreat is this really incredible Airbnb down in Orange County, California, that is, I mean, it was made by a man who professionally creates haunted houses and does scenic design and stuff. So, like, that's his profession. And this place is just an incredible recreation of the Haunted Mansion. And I decided to put together a reunion of sorts, the folks who worked on the Haunted Mansion and who were, you know, in a top spring because this has done a lot of Haunted Mansion projects and gather them all together for an afternoon, fans of the mansion to come together, meet these talents. And I had uh, an original piece of art created for this event by a Disney illustrator. And they'll be able to meet these guests, get them all autographed, and hang out in the ghostly retreat, which typically you can only do if you're booking, you know, an expensive overnight stay. So, uh, so yeah, I'm happy to do this, and it's all raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I love it when we mon- when we raise money for St. Jude. So, tell us about you said you're you're bringing together people who were inspirations of or people who made the mansion. Um, what are some of the contributions that they made, and who are they? Yeah, so Bob Gurr is a Disney legend. He actually worked with Walt Disney. So Walt Disney hired Bob Gurr to design a lot of the vehicles that we know at Disney, so like the monorail and the Main Street vehicles and stuff like that. And he created the famous Dune buggies that we all ride in. Ah, uh, the Dune buggies. Nice. Yeah, so he'll be there. Okay. And then we have... Uh, Imagineer Ethan Reed, who's been when he was at Walt Disney Imagineering for over 20 years, and he worked on an attraction called Mystic Manor at Hong Kong Disneyland, which they consider the 21st century haunted mansion. And he did a lot of character design for that, and animated all of the animatronic figures, and was an art director, which is incredible. It's a, a great attraction. And then we have Garner Holt, who is an animatronic master. He does animatronic figures for many different theme parks and themed um, activities. And he created Haunted Mansion Holiday. If you're familiar with that, he did those animatronic figures and the props for when Jack Skellington takes over the Haunted Mansion. Okay. And then Carolyn Gardner is coming. She was a ghostwriter. She actually just retired from Disney. And she was there for 45 years doing tons of ghost writing, the Haunted Mansion Holiday, and she's written Haunted Mansion books and 
Haunted Mansion anniversary events or written for the Haunted Mansion anniversary events. So that's very cool. We have the director of Muppet's Haunted Mansion coming, Kirk Thatcher, which is very exciting. And then Rick Ma, who, as I mentioned, is a Disney illustrator. He created an art piece for this event. And he used to design all of those Disney VHS and DVD covers that we all love so much. Okay. So, um, Jeff, why do people love the Haunted Mansion so much? Why wouldn't you? My goodness. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, honestly, it's just a, such a detailed attraction, right? Like, it was a time at Walt Disney Imagineering that was pumping out attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion, things that are decades old and still, I would say, for a lot of people, at the top of their list when they go to Disneyland. But they, it has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like a little bit of spooky in my life. So, you know, I'm a spooky house at Disneyland is a grand thing. You know, it does a beautiful job telling the story. Yeah, and I think one of the other things that is is so amazing about the Haunted Mansion, and I'm I'm guessing that if you go to this event, you're gonna you're gonna see and be reminded of some of these things. But every time you go through the mansion, you discover something new because there's so much to see. And I've seen some glimpses of of what you've got going on for for your event, and I'm like, yeah, I would imagine you wouldn't see everything just one time through, but. With this, you get to kind of wander around for a couple of hours and really, really see everything. Absolutely. I mean, there's a ton of detail at the Ghost of the Retreat. There's even some hidden Mickeys in there. Oh, I and love a good hidden Mickey. Just, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, folks, when you step into this space, you'll really be blown away by it. I've been a couple times at this point, and, and I'm just always wowed by just, the the attention to detail in there it's incredible the bedrooms are themed to different unimaginable characters you've got you know like madame madame leota bedroom mm-hmm. fox ghost bedroom so different deep areas even a quote-unquote stretching room where our special guests will be and it's okay. quite incredible Okay, so if you would like to attend this ghostly retreat, it's coming up quick. It's happening this weekend. Tickets are available, and remember that um, all the proceeds from it or the profits from it are going to one of my favorite uh, charities, the uh, St. Jude Children's Hospital. And uh, where can we find out more information, Jeff? Sure, all of the info and tickets can be found at tinyurl.com slash mansion reunion tinyurl.com slash mansion reunion and the other cool takeaway i love this that along with getting to wander around and meet some of the people who are so critical to creating the haunted mansion you also get that takeaway piece of art so that's a very cool thing jeff DePaola, the host of the podcast disney coast to coast okay all right Perfect. Thank you so much for your time this morning. And again, if you want to get tickets to this event, it's happening this Sunday afternoon, tinyurl.com slash mansion. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. 13 dogs that mauled their owner to death in Compton have been euthanized. Video shows the man being attacked while trying to feed his dogs in his backyard. Officials say a fight may have broken out between the dogs that provoked the attack. The man killed last Thursday had multiple kennels in his backyard and was believed to have been breeding the dogs. Animal control removed eight adults and five puppies, confirming yesterday that all 13 had to be put down. L.A. County Animal Care says the dogs were a threat to the community and euthanizing them was necessary. The girlfriend 
girlfriend of the man killed says she wants to clarify the dogs were not pit bulls, but American bullies. Chris Adler, KFI News. Officials in Gaza say Israeli strikes across the region overnight have killed at least 67 Palestinians. The aid group Doctors Without Borders also says two people were killed when a shelter housing staff in the Gaza Strip was hit. Iran has accused Israel of a sabotage attack on an Iranian natural gas pipeline that caused multiple explosions. Iran's oil minister made the accusation as Israel has been blamed for a series of attacks targeting Iran's nuclear program. Israel has not acknowledged carrying out the pipeline attacks last week. California and Sweden have renewed a partnership to fight climate change for another five years. Governor Newsom says the two are working to achieve carbon neutrality by 2045. We have agency. We can shape the future. Future is not just something to experience. It's something to manifest. It's our decisions, not conditions, that will determine the fate and future of this planet as it relates to the issue of climate. Sweden's Minister for International Development Cooperation and Foreign Trade, Johan Forsal, joined Newsom in Sacramento yesterday to sign the letter of cooperation. It emphasizes their commitment to a green industrial revolution and reducing dependence on fossil fuels. This is KFI and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. Southland weather from KFI. A flash flood warning is in effect in L.A. County with rain, possibly thunderstorms this morning. Then clearing skies this afternoon. Highs in the mid-60s at the beaches, Metro L.A. and Inland O.C. Upper 50s to mid-60s for the valleys and Inland Empire. 40s and 50s in the Antelope Valley. We should be dry tomorrow and Friday with partly cloudy skies and highs in the 60s to mid-70s. Mostly cloudy Saturday and Sunday. Highs in the 60s. Our next chance of rain comes late Sunday and Monday. You've been listening to Wake Up Call with me. Amy King. You can always hear Wake Up Call 5 to 6 a.m. Monday through Friday on KFI AM 640 and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.